Well, of profit. To the Second Butter Podcast. My name is Alex. My name is Jesse. Okay, okay. And Butter. Good, good. This is episode 100 fucking something. Um, and <laughs> this is a special episode. This is not going to be your normal uh, Hoot the Holler episode. It's not your run of the mill thick and butter, if you mm-hmm. would. Um, so it'll be a different one. We occasionally will do kind of special episodes, uh, you know, special, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> ones that are off the beaten path that we don't usually do. Yeah, usually, the goal is to spice up our life a little bit, maybe spice up yours, exactly. just do something crazy every once in a while. And um, today we're going to do another ranking of a filmmaker that uh, we just did a review for the French Dispatch, which is probably the podcast that was released after this, most likely, or before mm-hmm. this. Yes. Um, and um, so we're going to do a ranking of all Wes Anderson's movies, um, which I feel like this is like a long time coming because we love Wes Anderson. I feel like that was something that we bonded over in college yeah you know? it's definitely an early bonding like the, well, yeah yeah all of his films and the other cool thing about doing it with the french dispatch if i'm not mistaken he now has a perfect 10 feature length films yeah perfect 10 yeah which is cool so yeah um, very like, satisfying we did this with Tarantino like a year two years ago holy uh, crap <laughs> uh when we were still in college um and uh, that went over really, really well. That was super fun to do. That was like another kind of film bro uh, director. Uh, that's, but, <laughs> as long as I say that, it's so much fun to rank his movies. Yeah. Um, and people have been doing it for decades um, at this point. And, uh, you know, I've seen, I was kind of inspired to texting you. I was like, we got to rank Wes Anderson's movies because I saw a list. That just shook me to my core. I thought it was all, <laughs> it was all like IndieWire, and I was like, "What the fuck?" So I was like, "Oh, we gotta do a ranking." Because I was like, "Oh man, I, yeah, I, I gotta get my definitive, definitive ranking out there." Gotta all put it out people, into the world, make it public. Are, all these people are dummies. I texted you and I said, "This is what we're gonna do." So. Um, and now I'm we're here. So excited. Uh, because all these movies, uh, before we say it, I mean, we're going to rank them from worst to best, right? We can't, yeah. we can't start with best. Be, no, no, be, no, no, no. We got we to gotta lead some anticipation. I know. Um, we got to lead something exciting. We can't just bust at the beginning. Why would people yeah, stick right. around? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, we're going to start from worst to best. And. I think we should preface it by saying this is our favorite. Yes. You know, we're not we're not here to be like this is this is 
better than this. You know, we don't have that power. We don't no. really. So I think it's best to talk about, you know, what like our favorite. Yeah, and Wes Anderson has such an even standard of quality too that his films can really easily be rearranged in any like Tarantino. Pulp Fiction is probably everyone's number one, and they're sort of like ranking. There's like there's like more malleability in between all the other tiers, and maybe like you have some crazy like people out there who do really different lists, but. Wes Anderson, I feel, could be anywhere on the spectrum. And I yeah. think another thing, too, that I was thinking when I was making this list is that this is very personal to me and how I would rank these. Yeah. But it also is affected by how many times I've seen each movie because That's all of his movies point. are so good. Yeah. If I've watched more of a certain movie than another, or That's I like like French Prince, French Dispatch, I've only seen once. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. I'm placing it based on the yeah, one time I've I seen think it. That's an amazing point. There are I tried to rewatch a lot of his movies before we did this, which is good. I um, wish I did that. And uh, I didn't get a chance to rewatch all of them, um, mm-hmm. but I've seen I mean, I've seen all of them. But, but there are you're right. There are a couple on this list that. Are not as fresh in my mind. You know, I get a good chance to see it. So that also might affect this list. So, yeah. whatever. Doesn't really care. Maybe <laughs> if we're still doing this podcast where we're fucking grandpas, and yeah. Wes Anderson has like 40 movies, we'll do another ranking and we'll see how it goes. You know? Yeah, we just do a Wes Anderson ranked every 10 years. <laughs> exactly. Um, so. All right, let's go. Let's go more Lolly Dragon. Let's, yeah, let's get right into it. Let's get let's right into it. Let's fucking open this can of worms. <sighs> Do you want me to go first? Yeah, I, I really want you to go first. All right, I'm so nervous my about number my 10. 10 is Bottle Rocket, who's gave me movie. I, I like Bottle Rocket quite a bit. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, it's like a gay It's a gay movie. It's, it's really good. Um, the only thing that, like, I mean, I think its shortcomings are pretty obvious, like, when you watch it, uh, because they're obviously limited in the way that, like, the budget, and you can tell that Wes Anderson kind of wanted to do, you know, some more, like, elaborate things with some of, like, the set pieces and stuff. Um, we just couldn't, you know, pull... He was, he was his first film, so you couldn't pull off some of the things that he was able to with, like, his later films. Um... And, but the thing about Water Rocket is, like, the story is still there. Like, the story is still, like, super funny. The characters are, the characters are the best part, by far. Like, Owen Wilson's character is, like, so goddamn funny um, throughout this entire movie. And I love how, like, I think they do this in, like, another movie. Oh, um, Royal Tenenbaum's movie. But I always think it's funny that like Wes Anderson movies, when Luke Wilson and Owen Wilson are in the same movie, they're never brothers. <laughs> which makes me yeah. laugh because they look exactly the same. I know. <laughs> like it's so clear that they're brothers and I just love that whenever they're in a movie there, they're not related. Um yeah. it just gives it this like weird charm to it i think but, i agree yeah uh, that's a they good look point. exactly the same. like they're obviously brothers like you don't even have yeah. to know that you're like they're they're related yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah I mean, there's not like much to say about water rocket like it's yeah it's just a really fun quirky comedy it's one of those things though that if i saw that in like 2006 i think i would be like 
yeah, this was a cool movie, but I would never, I don't think in a million years I would think that he would go on to make Friendly to Pest Hotel. You know what I mean? Right, right, um, right. It, yeah. it, it feels like a cult comedy from the 90s. Um, yeah. That, there's nothing wrong with that. It's great for it. It has, like, really odd characters, and there are some, like, really funny scenes in it. I love the, end, the ending when they rob, like, the, the whole robbery yeah, right. sequence is incredible. So fantastic. So funny. So, like, there's so much suspense, uh, believe it or not, in that, in that last uh, few minutes. I love <laughs> Luke Wilson falling in love with, like, the maid. Uh, and the, yeah. that whole relationship is so like wholesome and, and great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really, really good movie. It's just yeah. not, you know, my favorite. I think he's done much, much better than Bottle Rocket. And I feel like most people would say that, right? Yeah. Like, wrong yeah, about yeah. that? No, no, you're not wrong. Um, so I put Bottle Rocket at number nine. So I'll okay. give you my yeah. 10, and yeah. then I'll give you bo- talk about okay. Bottle Rocket. So I put Rushmore as number 10. Um, Rushmore is number 10 oh for me. I knew God. you would act like this. And I think you'll also I know why I put I Rushmore at number 10. Uh, I totally get it. Now, this is what I mean by like this being very subjective, because I don't think Rushmore is a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. Yeah. I just don't like cringe. And Rushmore is just <laughs> way too cringy oh, for yeah. me. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I love so many aspects about that movie but mm-hmm. and maybe if i watched it again i would enjoy it way more being prepared for the cringy stuff that's but true. it was just it was a wholly unpleasant experience yeah. for me so that <laughs> yeah. is the totally subjective yeah, reason for why it's number 10 for me i literally did explain, not enjoy you it you want to explain why <laughs> well, why plot, it was like well the plot is well the plot is about because it is one of his early films the plot, it's a I'm genius not going to give away where it is, but, yeah, it's, but it's, it's higher. Yeah, I think a lot of people put Rushmore really high. It's a genius script, and it's a, and it's genius performance. It's genius yeah. all around in a lot of ways. But it's about um, this kid who, uh, fall, whose mom dies. I guess that's not super relevant to the synopsis. But he, he falls in love with a new teacher. Yeah. And then one of his friends who's a principal. Bill Murray's character is a principal or something with no, like, the school. No, like, he's a parent at the school. At oh, the school, he just he, he just a factory or something. Of, yeah. I can't remember what they're like. Yeah, but the but the lead the lead character what is what is the kid's name in Rushmore? Max Fisher. Max Fisher. That's right. So, so Max Fisher goes to Rushmore Academy, and he's basically, <laughs> um, to me, one of the most genius, like, anyway, I think Max Fisher is probably the quintessential Wes Anderson character, in my opinion. Yeah. I think he is, like, so phenomenal. Like, it's, it has that quirky quality to his movies that I love so much, but he's a 15-year-old kid who is excels in everything but school. So he excels yeah. at yeah. all the extra act, <laughs> extracurricular activities. He basically acts like a 50-year-old man uh, throughout the movie. And uh, Jason Schwarzman, his, his daily role, uh, just... Wow, that was of, his, like, debut role? One of the greatest performances wow. um, I've ever seen on a... Um, a kid you know it's it's unbelievably funny and uh yeah weird but yeah so but yes he 
a, a big portion of this movie is that there is a, a preschool teacher that he falls in love with, and he tries to twerk to, to date him, which, yeah, yeah is very purposely uncomfortable, purposely cringe yeah. yes. uh, comedy, which I find to be gut-bustingly hilarious. I can't, I, I have tears rolling down my face. Yeah. But I totally, totally understand. <laughs> like, I can't totally do it. Understand that, right? uh, I can't do it. I don't know if I had you some know, like, kind of part trauma. When he's like, when he walks in and he goes like, there's that great moment where he goes, you want to, <laughs> you want to fuck here or whatever he says. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We'll call you that at war. We'll talk to you. Uh, my number nine. So my number nine is Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's Bottle Rocket, which I think Bottle Rocket is more appropriately the 10 in a lot of ways because of all the reasons you described. Bottle Rocket has a special kind of fondness for me, and it's kind of perfect that uh, this happened, but it was the first Wes Anderson movie I saw. Oh, interesting. Uh, so I saw Bottle Rocket and I was like, whoa, because Bottle Rocket to me is exactly like you said, just like this quirky film yeah. from the 90s. Mm-hmm. But it's like this weird indie film that has sort of this subtle like flair underneath it. Yeah. It's like that was yeah. kind of like a little different, but right. I can't quite put my finger on it. Famously, and then you see yeah. you see his other movies and you're like, oh, that's what that is. And then he became mm. Wes Anderson. Right. <laughs> no, it's it's a cool watch. Like it's a really good watch. I would highly recommend anybody check it out. You know, it's, and famously when it came out, Art Scorsese loved it. Like yeah. he was like I remember like he like there's like uh, articles where he would like I think he was promoting a movie at the time. And yeah. like he would do interviews and they'd ask him like, you know, what's your favorite movie this year? He's like, Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket is so That's awesome. You know, so what's interesting it's interesting that you say that yeah, like that's a great point that when you watch it, it is this kind of like it goes it, it's kind of a basic buddy movie like at the surface, but there's this weird yeah, like flair and like oddness going yeah. on, like underneath it, that hasn't fully like blossomed, you know, yet. Like, the, yeah, because Rushmore totally, which is his second movie, which is totally has that quirk. It has that like Wes Anderson kind of thing that he might have been going for, you know, for Bottle yeah. Rocket, that kind of quirky feeling that he's kind of yeah. known for now. Um, yeah. But, it, it, it appears in pockets of Bottle Rocket. Yeah, that, and I, I think the thing that's really interesting about it, which we we talked a lot about this about French Dispatch, I love what his, I find so genius. His brother who like bullies him. Like, you remember that? There's that great. Oh yeah, <laughs> the older brother. Yeah, like that. Like that's totally like a lesson. They're like. 30 they're like they're like in their late 20s or yeah but they they act like they act like they're right. in high school and it's not weird for right. whatever reason exactly. just like this exactly. magic reason uh yeah and i feel like when we were talking about french dispatch we talked a lot about the genius of him being the combination of this visual intricacy and mastery of emotional subtext yeah. all the time and bottle rocket doesn't quite have the visual innovation but it yeah. does have the emotional subtext yeah. like a lot of it totally. um, not quite as intricate or quite as punchy as some of his other films yeah but more so than the average bear so bottle rocket is yeah. really cool to me yeah yeah no, I, I definitely agree with that so that's my number nine all right my number nine is isle of dogs 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isle Dogs, um, again, I like Isle Dogs quite a bit. I think the controversy behind Isle Dogs is actually, like, really stupid. What's the controversy? It was like, you know it? it was like when it came out, it was like, Sing Wes Anderson made a movie about Japanese culture. You know, like it was uh, like it was it a was cultural like, appropriation question or criticism. Yeah, I mean, like if you make that criticism, okay, you better make a criticism <laughs> about every fucking movies ever fucking <laughs> made. What are you fucking talking about? I mean, yeah. like you don't have to shake all the French dispatch or you know the Grand Budapest Hotel. I mean, that's all like all set in different countries. And mind yeah. you, they're his versions of these countries. And like just because it's an Asian country. Now we're like all no, like you can't yeah. do this. That, 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 that makes no sense. That's it's really not, weird. Yeah. It's not like it's 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 there's nothing harmless about the way that Japan is depicted in the film at all. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing harmless. It's a dumb controversy. It's just around this, you know, we're in this weird climate where, you know. There's a sex scene in a Marvel movie. Everybody <laughs> stop the president. Like, we're in this weird time, you know? Um, yeah. But I just had yeah. to mention that because I remember when I was in California, I was talking to Anderson and we, that conversation was brought up. And I was like, this is still a, yeah. a talking point? It was, it was like a talking uh, point where they were arguing that it was yes. appropriation. And I said, like, oh, well, if you think that... What do you think the Grand Budapest Hotel is? I mean, like, what do you think that's appropriation or French right. dispatch or right. you know, Dar- Darjeeling Unlimited? That whole movie set in India and has a you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of an insane thing to me. But <sighs> yeah, you know, I if can't you make that argument. Please make it for all his movies. Don't just say the Isle of Dogs because he's done it many many times. Yeah, I I feel like I don't think think... criticism but... The, the, the line between what is and isn't cultural appropriation, I will give it that it is a very fine line between what is and isn't offensive. Mm-hmm. That being said, I based I usually gauge it on first, do I find it offensive? Am I offended that it feels racist or appropriating yeah. in some way? And then secondly, I would go to people who are of that culture, like Japanese people, and see, are they offended by this? What do How do they feel about this? Yeah. Do they feel ostracized by this Which movie? But if it's saw... like, if it's white people being like, this is cultural appropriation. Yeah, well, I think, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I mean, like, I don't remember hearing about anybody from Japan being upset about like I don't remember like any of that. So I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But it's it's a worthwhile but, point to bring up. Yeah. But my opinion about Isle Dogs like I think this movie's really good. I liked yep. it a lot like more the second time I saw it. And then yes. but um but it's interesting. It's definitely like when I talk about what's interesting the people who've seen all these movies, it's like definitely their least favorite. And mm-hmm. it's definitely one of mine. And I, and I kind of, like, sit down and think, like, why is that? I think a lot of it just has to do with... There's a sub, there's a couple subplots in the film that I find to be very boring and just not very interesting. Everything involving with the dogs and the boy who's lost on the island and he's trying to... All that is incredible stuff. It looks amazing. It's like the amazing... It's like the stop motion from Fantastic Mr. Fox, but, like, updated and done in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not the same kind of style. You know, he upda- he he innovated in that way. I think there's just a subplot with 
um, okay, another Trekkie thing, an American journalist, played by Greta Gerwig, who's, like, investigating this island. Or, like, it, I remember that whole subplot being, like, very boring um, and interesting, but other than that, like, it's like, super, it's so charming. It's, like, yeah. it's so irresistible uh, just how just charming all the characters are. All the dogs are amazing. I do wish the lead guy talked, you know? I think, like, it kind of lost a little bit of, like... Interesting, yeah. Like, maybe not talk. I mean, like, that, that's whatever. Like, that's... Maybe I just wish I had more of an attachment to the main... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy yeah, yeah. Film. And, uh, like, yeah, right. It might have been because he didn't talk. I don't know. But... Yeah, um, yeah. Interesting choice, but... You know, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean... It's a really good animated movie, and it's I think it's a little too long as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, it's just it's just those a lot of the subplots just don't click for me in Isle of Dogs, and it just feels uh, like it's just disappointing because you're like, oh man, like I love I love all this adventure stuff with all the dogs on the island and stuff, and, but as they cut to what's going on back in Japan, it's like. I'm not yeah. really as interested in this, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. still so, a really uh, good movie. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's very convenient because Isle of Dogs is my number eight. That was your number yeah. nine, right? Yeah. So Isle of Dogs is my number eight. Uh, cool. All of this seems... Uh, Isle of Dogs and Bottle Rocket, I was expecting both of those to be pretty low. Mm-hmm. And I, have a, again, I agree that Isle of Dogs is sort of one of his weaker films um in comparison to all of his other films it's, it's an easy one to identify alongside bottle rocket as being you, weaker in ways my question like about Isle of dogs is do you think it's disappointing because um it's his set like it was his second animated feature and it was like coming off of fantastic fox which is like so amazing yeah do you think it had to do with that do you think like their the expectations were so high that yeah it didn't live up to the to the hype. Yeah, it well, it, to, to that. it came after Fantastic Mr. Fox and Grand Budapest, right? right. So, that like, was, this yeah, was yeah. this was the movie that followed Grand Budapest Hotel, which is like really right. hard to do something like that, and especially something as hard as a stop motion film. Yeah, I personally was not disappointed by Isle of Dogs at all. I loved it the moment I saw yeah. it, and I, I I totally enjoyed it, but. I totally understand people's sense of disappointment because I think the problem with Isle of Dogs is that the third act is kind of hollow. It doesn't yeah. really hit punch that hard. Right. Um, the resolution of the characters, and I think the biggest thing to that is what you identified in saying that the adventure stuff is great, but some of the interworking politics, politics is, right. is yeah. definitely weaker. It's, yeah, there's, there's to me, like some subplot with like, because uh, the little boy, the boy is like the son of like the, the prime minister or something, right? Like he's, yeah, yeah. So in the in the I world that we West... call the the leader in Japan. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure either if it's a prime minister or president. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I think the story is that it, you're living in a world where they all the dogs have been exiled because they're diseased yes. and they've been exiled to a dog island, which is and so creative. Yeah, know? one of his most weird 
stories you know yeah and it's this weird thing where he's blending fantasy elements and real world politics which i think is really cool but it's just true that the politics is just not quite interesting enough for whatever reason now i was always i always loved those scenes because i just love watching stop animation, motion fucking awesome it. and some awesome. of the animation in those scenes especially mm -hmm. are just oh, so yeah. crazy oh, yeah. how they how they do some stuff and really creative so i was really enjoyed that but i do think that the story it's really a story problem with this one more than anything else mm -hmm. it's just that it doesn't have that same Especially with Wes Anderson, you're just expecting this complicated, immaculate yeah. story, and it just doesn't quite have the. I think the third act is fine. I think it's. I think it's totally acceptable and yeah. resolves everything well, and it ends the story, and it's a nice little fairy tale. But it's not as you know mm -hmm. grand as Band Budapest, yeah. or quite as explosive oh, saw, or fantastic, Mister Fox. There. Yeah, or as fantastic. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. Um, and, uh, all but right, I, so that, I love it to death. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great movie. It's, it's, I'll never like, steer you away from watching it. It's, yeah, I got a steel book of it. I'm never giving it away. So it's precious. These bottom four are yeah. ones that I'm like, I, I really enjoy. And then above yeah. that, it's like, I, I love them. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, my number eight uh, is Darling Unlimited. Yeah. Darjeeling Unlimited. Yeah. Um, this is a movie that, again, I think, if I remember correctly, is his lowest rated movie. Wow. Like, critically. Not saying that it's bad. I think it's still fresh, but I think, I think it still has a good score on Metacritic or whatever. But um, I found that to be really... Interesting and weird because I love this movie. I mm -hmm. I really enjoy this movie. The first time I saw it, I I was stunned at you know how critics didn't like it. Um, like I yeah. was kind of like, why? You know, like I I really didn't see what the issue was, and I still kind of don't. Sure, like I think it has. I don't know, maybe, like, the, the train, like, the, the, you know, this film is about three brothers, you know, Owen Wilson, um, Jason Schwartzman, and Adrian Brody, who had lost their father, their father, and, <laughs> and they uh, decided to, to cope with it and to, you know, deal with the grief. They go on a train. A, pilgrimage. Like a, yeah, a pilgrimage to India. Um, and what makes the film work so well is the fucking the chemistry between Owen Wilson, Jason Schwartzman, Adrian Brody. They're all so goddamn funny and so well. They play off each other so well. And I love the setting of the train. The train is like such a Wes Anderson. I love how he got a chance to like design each cart that they go into. You know, each cart had like a different kind of feel yeah. to it. It's yeah. just it's a great setting, and it has one of my favorite endings of any uh, Wes Anderson movie. I love how the, the, the way the movie ends. Um, yeah, there's some. Also, there's there's a couple really dark moments uh, yeah. in the film that like I I think. For some critics, maybe felt um, 
out of nowhere and did it less very well with the film because it, yeah. do, it does kind of, and it is still presented in this quirky way as well. I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but yeah. uh, there is <laughs> like a dark moment that happens towards the end of it. Yeah. Um, but I think it works really well. And I think it is, I don't know, it's just, it's, I can't really, just, it's one of the things I don't really know why it works. It just does. It just feels yeah, yeah. right to me. Um, but I totally, I can maybe see someone saying that, you know, that, that moment, those moments didn't work as well. But yeah, um, yeah. also one of my favorite Bill Murray appearances in the Wes Anderson movie. It's yeah. incredible. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. It's genius. It's, it's everything you hoped Bill Murray <laughs> would be. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I really enjoy the film. So, but and I guess it's not. I mean, I, I I love it, I love it, but I guess it just doesn't have the impact that some of these other films that has. Yeah. It's not as like maybe grand or fantastic, <laughs> you know, as some of these other ones like these giant <laughs> sets, these giant, you know, elaborate stories, you know. But as yeah. like a small movie about family grief. Uh, done in this Wes Anderson quirky way. I think it works like super, super good. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm going to wait to talk about it until later. So I'm going to go straight into my number seven okay. before I talk about Darjeeling Limited. Um, so seven is where my list starts to get a little hairy, I think. Okay. This is where I think it's going to start to get weird. Okay. Um, so my seven is French Dispatch, which I was surprised yeah. that it was this low to me because I thought French Dispatch was phenomenal, right. which I just goes to show how good Wes Anderson would be, yeah. that I would put a movie that is basically almost a 10 out of 10 in my eyes right. at a seven on a tier list. It's crazy to yeah. me, yeah. but that's just where it ended up for me because right. I just liked all the other movies more than French Dispatch, yeah. and I've only seen French Dispatch fucking once, once. Yeah, and I've same. only seen it, it's only been like a couple of months that I've had to exactly. digest this and think right. about it. So exactly. I don't know where that's gonna go. It's one of those films that just changes as you sort of grow up and as you have different yeah. life experiences and you watch we've it again also, and again. We've also said that it's, it's so goddamn guns and it's so, yeah, right. it's so like easy to miss things and so easy to not catch the details of it, so. I totally understand that. I can see that easily. Go yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I, I adore French Dispatch, but for now, and I won't I won't talk too much about it because we went in depth on it just, just recently. So French Dispatch yeah. is seven for me. Yeah. Okay. I'm not bad at that. And, yeah, not okay. bad yet. Okay. Okay, good. I think I thought <laughs> you knew. I thought, I, did you think Rushmore was going to get me like angry as shit? I was I wasn't sure how you would react to it. I think you, I knew you would understand why oh, I put yeah. it at ten. I definitely knew you were gonna get it, but I knew that would be make us have our list would be different at that yeah. point. Um, <laughs> seven for me is life aquatic with uh, uh -huh. with Steve's issue. Um, again, this is one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this is such a fucking weird movie. I I'll never forget the first time I saw it. I yeah. Remember, like in high school, my sophomore year of high school, I was like going, I, I was watching all the classic movies that I've never seen before. And then I stumbled, I, I loved Fantastic Mr. Fox and like, um, I think Grand Little Quest had just come out that year or something. Yeah. And 
I never looked at a list that was like the most underrated movies of all time or something. And Steve Zissou was like the number one or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's the guy who made Grand Budapest. And I remember watching it in high school, being so weirded out by it. Um, because it's just such a uniquely bizarre movie. Like, if you've seen it, the story's so bizarre. It's not as bizarre when you look into it and, like, who it's based on. And yeah. um, it's heavily based on this guy who's a aquatic, you know, adventurer. Uh, Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau. Um, and when you do that, and the parallels between that are actually very interesting, if you, you're curious about it. There's a documentary about uh, Cousteau on Disney Plus right now that just came out. So I like, bet that's dope. Gonna watch I bet that's that. really cool. Um, took a lot of inspiration from his look in the movie. Um, and I just, um, but this movie uh, has one of the best Bill Murray performances of all time. It's so goddamn, like, it's everything that makes Bill Murray so great. It's the, kind of the deep, deep sadness <laughs> that Bill Murray is so, so good at, like, Oh, yeah. And channeling, but this unbelievably funny, dry sense of humor. And this, yeah. like, and looks with this, like, absurd, like, just plot. Uh, like, with all these groups of characters on his boat and what they're looking for. What's, what are they looking for? They're looking for, like, this... So they're they're looking for a shark a that shark, killed his right. best friend. <laughs> right. That's right. Um, and so but what's so genius about it is it's so, quir- it's so quirky. And the reason that I have it so low is that there are times that it, to me feels almost like too like too over the top to me. Um too like <laughs> just just too out there sometimes uh-huh. for me. <laughs> especially in kind of the like different character relationships and like especially kind of the weird which I love but like the kind of whole animated how the fish are, are animated and when they yeah. go under the you know it's it's this super odd blending of animation and stop motion and, and you know puppetry yeah. and like all this weird shit that yeah. I think he just did better like in movies like, like Grand Budapest and, and stuff like past that so that's not my old, and I think it's a little too long. I think it's his longest movie. I think it's like yeah, it's super long, two hours and thirty minutes or something like that. Yeah, it's super I think long. It, I think it does overstay its welcome, and I think he's learned. Like I think every movie after that was under two hours, and I think he's he learned like kind of to keep his movies tight and front because his when you make a movie like he does with like all these different quirky characters and you know. Uh, his style is so, you know, uh, in your face sometimes. It could be a lot. It could be yeah, almost too much, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah, and yeah, it's really true. That's my only thing about Steve Zissou. But, 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 but it's too long, but I love everything about it. I yeah, just think, like, yeah. it's just there, like, Rex Dispatch, too, to some extent, where there is times where I'm like, oh, like, I'm just, I'm overstimulated. I'm, I'm too, um, I, I need a break, but Will the Photo alone 
I don't know. This is crap. <laughs> I know. He's so... Well, one of my... Fa- Incredible. Yeah. So good. God, is so, so good. good. Yeah. Uh, he's a meme. Uh, you haven't seen this movie, and you're on, like, Twitter. He's hanging his costume, and he's uh, become a meme, so... There's that. <laughs> <laughs> Part of modern culture now, too. Um, yes. Steve Zuso is awesome. I'm going to wait to talk about that one, too. Um, I'm going into my number six. My number six is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, which, again, is surprising yeah, that it's so low. Um, I, I have no criticisms of Fantastic Mr. Fox. I watched it the I, I literally have nothing bad to say about it. It's one of those films that you watch it and it feels like you've seen it before because it's that instantly a classic to me. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's totally. it's so it's so good at doing the Wes Anderson type of action. This is sort of how this is what kind of how I feel he became iconic with how he does this fast paced action. Yeah, because it's not loud. But it's fast paced. It's like everyone. It's like everyone's like <laughs> yeah. running around in a sprint and just like sort of casually whispering to each other. And it uh-huh, uh-huh. and it's still like really exciting. Super and quirky. it's so funny and so it's funny. so well written. It's a really yeah. cool adaptation of a classic story that's modernized in a very Wes Anderson way. Totally. And it's one of the best stop motion films ever made in the yeah. history of film. Totally. Um, that's and also. And it's and it's crazy that he just pulled this out of his ass after being a live action director and mm-hmm. just like switched to stop motion for yeah. a movie right. and made this. Right. And it just it it's it's one of the, it's it's like it's one of those films that just sort of boggles your minds in a different way every time that you see it. It's yeah. really it's really a phenomenal film. It's yeah. so phenomenal. Yeah, I, I'll talk about it later. <laughs> but it's, yeah, that that movie is just it's it's iconic. You know, it's, it's a modern classic. Yeah, I think yeah. he's had a, he has a lot. He has a few of those, you know. And I think, and I think it's also great because it's another, it's another film. It, it's 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 great in the same reason why I think Miyazaki films are great for being timeless. really high quality, sto- timeless for one, but being really high quality stories for children. But are actually good like stories and movies and not right. just drivel and it's stuff. Similar, it's similar to you know. Um, I mean, I watched it with my family, and, you know, it, it's kind of similar to Pixar and Miyazaki, and where they're, they're animated films that are for, are truly for everybody. They, they, yeah. They are not even targeting kids. Like, there, there are moments of Fantastic Mr. Fox that are, are that, won't, that people won't, that kids won't even, like, understand, that it will go over their heads. And, yeah. And, um, which I think, you know, a lot of the Best Pixar movies also do this, where they they don't they don't talk down the kids. They they make right. a movie and they have it in mind where like okay, no cussing and no you know maybe not. Obviously, we're not making an R-rated movie here, but they they work in that box. The box being don't say the F word and don't you know yeah just keep it PG you know and that's all they have. They're not worried about. Dumbing it down for kids, you know? right? And I think that's a really, I think it's a really sad thing to see 
that that's that's what people think that they have to do for movies to be easy to watch or yeah or just an animated movie because you like what like you said you just sort of meet your requirements of what it takes to be pg and you can make the story whatever you want to be and and fantastic mr fox is a perfect a beautiful testament of that that it can be this complicated endearing funny story for any single fucking person well think about like even if you look at like there's so many ways that, you, like, for a kid, it's, like, this quirky, fun movie about this, like, qu- quirky fox who is, you know, uh, got all his luck and he's stealing from being boxing boozle yeah. or whatever, and, you know, and just, like, <laughs> trying to survive, you know? But, like, if you look at it as an adult, you're like, this guy's having an existential crisis. Yeah, you know, right. He's having like a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah, and like it's fascinating to watch your older because Mr. Fox is like an, an amazing, interesting, layered character, and he is this quirky Wes Anderson character because there's a lot going on like underneath the surface, you know. And yeah. if you look at that story as a whole, you're like, oh yeah, this is about a guy who's, you know, you know doesn't feel young and is losing his youth and he feels like he has to provide for his family. He doesn't yeah. want to be poor anymore. You know, yeah. if you really look at it like that, it's like, damn, like, this is like, you know, it's a mature movie, but it's pre- the way it's presented is just so genius. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like, anybody can watch it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it yeah, really, it's, it's, it's really... It's yeah, yeah. Also, it was a fantastic and cool casting to have George Clooney play Incredible. Mr. Oh Fox. My God. So perfect. Oh, because my God. It, it's like it's kind Voice of is so I, fucking perfect. Like it's, it's you, so juicy. You, if you just saw that character, <laughs> that's the voice I would I would think. It's just it's so instantly. There's a lot of these like early Pixar movies to like have this, but there's some like later. Uh, Animated films that just feel like they cast like a big name actor as yeah. the character, like a la Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> he's um, so cool. He's so cool. <laughs> um, so like, but they're like Tom Hanks as Woody. You know, is like yeah. it's so iconic. Yeah. Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear. You know, it's like yeah. it's, those are so ingrained in your in your head, and I think that's being lost. You know, I think like. I don't think, I think casting is such an important role in in the animated film, I think. But George Clooney as this Fox is like, it's so iconic. Like, you see the character, yeah. you hear the voice, you hear it, you know? You, you know, like, just, like, I don't know, there's a lot of animated movies where you don't feel that. You, you kind of forget yeah. what the character even sounded like. Right, yeah. and I and I think the other thing that's also really good about the casting, or just the filmmaking, in addition to the casting, is that you can have a great character idea and a bad voice actor, or you can have a great character idea and a good voice actor, but then it still doesn't quite fit. And but like, what's genius about this is that you have a great character idea, a great voice actor, a great actor, yeah. and then you have George Clooney do his performance as Mr. Fox and you forget that it's George Clooney even though you know it's George Clooney. Exactly. You're just yeah. immediately you you forget at all who George Clooney I mean, is. My, it's just Mr. Fox. My uh grandma who's watching this um didn't know it was Meryl Street, you know, as Mr. Yeah. Fox. You know, that's yeah. like a good sign. That means that you're not 
focusing on who's playing the role. You're focusing on the character and what's going on in the story. Yeah, because than yeah, who the voice is, you know, which yeah. I think a lot of animated movies uh, don't do that. I think a lot I of agree. animated movies, the appeal is hearing The Rock. I love The Water, but I <laughs> but hearing The Rock as you know this character, you know, like yeah, yeah, it's. Or Chris Pratt is like a fucking weird elf. Or Tom Holland is whatever that fucking movie is. Uh, onwards, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, if I see that Chris Pratt, like, I saw the movie. If you show Tom Holland's character and Chris Pratt's character, I wouldn't fucking tell you who was who and who voiced who. I wouldn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because it's just, it's not, you know? Because you have that magic that some animated folks have, you know? Right. It really does feel like magic when that synthesizes in the in, in that kind of way. Um, so that was your sixth? Yeah, that was God my sixth. Damn. I can't believe it either, man. I'm stunned. I mean, that's amazing. That was, that was not what I expected. Yeah, uh, I love that movie. My sixth is Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy Royal Tenenbaums. I really do. I... You know, this is like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is higher on your list, because I think a lot of people, a lot of people that I know um, who like my favorite said, like, this is like their favorite movie. And yeah. to me, I never understood that. To me, wow. like, I never, never. Like, I, I, I'm trying, I'm seriously, like, I still, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I really, really enjoy it. But it is not nearly... Like, I, I don't like it nearly. I, there's five more movies that I like more than it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know what it is. I think... I think it's just... There is a... I think it's just for me, it's what he did after it. Uh-huh. It's all, all these things that... Like, because you see all these, like, amazing elements that he has... In the, his early films, because Royal Tenenbaum was like his third movie or something. Yeah, yeah, it's really you, early. You don't like you just see like he kind of did this better, like 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 past you know when he when he went on to make more movies, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love the story. I love like the way that the movie's told is probably my favorite part. The way that like. The film is cut up in different chapters, especially like reading like a storybook. It's kind of the first time that he kind of implemented that kind of signature storytelling in it. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And all the characters are great. I think for me, it doesn't have this, like, I think for me, this is me personally, it doesn't have the emotional payoff to me that I wow, think yeah. it like should have. Like, when mm. I see it, I I think it's because Royal is such a dick. I mean, he's such a, <laughs> he's such an asshole. And it's like, you know, at the end, you're like, yeah, all right. But you're like, you're still, like, you're still a dick. I mean, you're still just, you're a bad dad. You're just a bad person, I yeah. think. I mean, like, which is part of the appeal, right? Which is, I get it. You know, I, I yeah, get yeah. He's supposed to be an asshole. He's supposed to be, you know, like... You know, and I love the dynamic between, you know, Ben Stiller, Gwyneth Paltrow, and uh, Luke yes. Wilson, which I think, Luke Wilson, I think this is his best performance, like, ever. I, not, I 100% agree Luke with Wilson that. Luke Wilson is I absolutely love this incredible in it. He's definitely my favorite character in the whole movie, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, I love it's it, it has like this movie also I think it's six. I like I I really enjoy this movie. I think like all the characters are so good. They all have like this amazing quirk to them. And like they like, you know, I love how Luke Wilson's character is a tennis star, you know. Yeah. He's a yeah. washed up like pro <laughs> tennis player. One of Paul Crow's kind of like, you know, dating like an older man who's like she's one of you know, one of those women that, you know, kind of just went around dating a bunch of people because she was traumatized as a young girl because her dad's a fucking <laughs> asshole. And yeah. he, she just, you know, went around marrying a lot of people at a young age. And she's kind of dealing with still in her late 20s, 30s, like, the you know, the trauma and, and, and kind of working through that. And I think it's a really good character. Ben Stiller's character is so ridiculous and funny. You know, like, you know, coping with his wife's death and being so, you know, protective He's so of his funny kids. with his kids. He's so, so funny, funny with his kids. I don't really know why they all have track suits. I guess that's just like a quirk they have. Yeah. Hey, if you just, maybe they just wanted to go on a marathon at a, at a yeah. jaunt. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, Angelica Houston as... Uh, Mrs. Tenenbaum is incredible. I love, like, Royal and her relationship and how, like, <laughs> like, Royal's such an entertaining character, right? He's so, like, <laughs> yeah. so stupid and just so, like, just so dumb. He's so stupid. I mean, he's kind of, he's just an asshole, but you do feel, you do, like, have sympathy for him. And you do, like, yeah. kind of, by the end of it, you do, have some sympathy. It's just for me, I think, I don't know. I, I think it might have just been overhyped for me all these years, you know? Yeah. It might just be that. Cause it, but did, it you, did, a, you, did you see it, like, later in your I saw, career of watching Wes Anderson films? Probably. I probably saw it after New Rise Kingdom and uh, Grand Ludacus, probably. Yeah. And then I watched it, you know, I definitely saw, like, and Fantastic Mr. Fox, obviously. Um, so I definitely had, like, a repertoire of kind of knowing what his movies were like. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's sick. that's really interesting cool. to I me. I really like it. I fucking, yeah. I borderline love it. Yeah. but just, like but you your reaction to that kind of reminds me of how i feel about like rushmore in that certain kind mm -hmm. of way where it's this it, it indescribable kind of thing where it's just like there's something that was just not enjoyable about that for yeah. you even though you can't necessarily say that that was bad or they could have done that better and i think it, for me also just like this too is like all his stories like are so unique and weird. Like, yeah. especially, like, even Rushmore. Even, like, honestly, Bottle Rocket is so unique and weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Royal Cutabogs isn't. It's it's just really, it's a family drama at the end of the day. Like, it's, yeah. it's kind of this dysfunctional family movie. Through this Wes Anderson lens, which makes it, you know, more unique than it, than it kind of is on the surface to me. Cause it, yeah. It is, there's so many movies about dysfunctional families and so many like that are very similar to that where, you know, it's just, you know, they're trying to piece together the piece that together the family and, yeah. you know, and that's totally fine. And I think like he does it so well, but I think I, I prefer, I would really prefer something like, I mean, I like it better than Life Aquatic, but 
I, I think I would prefer something like, you know, Carolina Past and, and that are truly like, wow. what the fuck is this? That's really crazy. <laughs> That's so, I see what you're saying about it, like you not know? being quite as, with the conversation about it being just a family drama. I don't know if I quite feel that way. Although I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I think how I would say it is that it's a little bit more emphasis on the emotional subtextual realm. And yeah. like the skeleton of it is like more conventional and just sort of set up and structured in a more zany Wes Anderson mm. way. But right. the actual events in it are are much more like what you would oh, see yeah. in a no, normal no, no, movie. Yeah. I agree no, no, with no, that. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's what I kind of mean. It's yeah. like, I'm just trying, I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, no, I get you. Maybe this doesn't click as much for me. And it's it's really okay. I don't I want I don't want to talk about it much anymore. We'll get to this later because that's really fascinating to me where you where you put that. I'm gonna move on. And Alex, we're going on to five. Yeah. Alex, you might want to hold on to something. Is it Grand Budapest? It's Grand Budapest Hotel. That's my number five. I'll be all happy about that. I'll be surprised that. Good. All right. This is very much based. This is this is very much based on my on my emotional feelings about it, and it's I I find this really interesting because again, Grand Budapest Hotel is not a movie. Blue Rise is five for me. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Okay. What did you say? Oh, Uh, Grand Budapest. Uh, Grand Yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel is five for me. Oh wow. Okay. Um, and this one, Grand Budapest, obviously would fluctuate um yeah so for me i'll just say what between like i have five is grand budapest and four is moonrise kingdom okay so those two could fluctuate for me like really comfortably um grand budapest hotel is um i'll just talk about why i love it and i'll and i'll explaining why i love the other ones will explain Mm -hmm. why it's number five Grand Budapest Hotel is fantastic, and I haven't seen it that many times. And I saw it when sure. I was the first time I saw it, it was when I was in college and during freshman year when I was not a very happy camper. Um, whoa, so, whoa. so I think watching this in different contexts throughout my life as I go, it will become better and better to me as I watch yeah. it. So, as soon as I have that watching experience, I think it will resonate with me in a whole new way. That being said, watching it when I was not necessarily at the happiest in my life or being very stressed and anxious point of my life. Wait, so you said you only watched this, this one time? I, I've seen this twice, I think. Oh, okay, I saw, okay, so, okay. okay. So actually, both times I've seen it are kind of weird because the first time I saw it was in freshman year when you're sad and anxious, or I was yeah. sad and anxious in freshman year. And the second time I watched it was with my mom who hadn't mm-hmm. really seen a lot of Wes Anderson movies and is hearing impaired. And when you sure. watch that movie with subtitles, it actually cuts up a lot of important information that's yeah, in the probably. bottom of the frame. Yeah. And it was just very hard to follow. I was really surprised by how much it yeah. took out of the experience to mm. read the subtitles with that movie. And I'm not sure if I could replicate that. So the two times I've seen it, I've had uh, I've like have not been the most neutral as I should have been to watch it, sure. which is probably why it's been colored, personally colored through my experience to yeah. rank so low. That being okay. said, Grand, Bu- Grand Budapest Hotel is yeah, it's number five, right? Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel is a masterpiece movie. It yeah, might be yeah, yeah. Uh, his magnum opus. Yeah. I, I would not agree with that mm-hmm. on most lists. Uh, and it's it's fantastic because of 
how you can watch Grand Budapest and see how he has mastered all of the things he has tried in the movies before that. It's a mastery of cinematography. It's a mastery of getting great performances, of casting, of costume design, of blending stop motion and live action of like just writing in general one of the this is really the point where i realized how genius of a writer he is because grand budapest hotel is such a a deep thing that that crosses time and history and like an emotion and blends yeah you know style styles literally cinematically that you know throughout the whole thing there's so much experimentation, it's almost yeah. like avant-garde in and how it experiments. Those, it's one of those things that, like, it's experimental, but so it's, like... So this accessible. Movie, this movie is by far his most popular movie. And a movie that I think all of my friends have seen and love. And even ones that don't necessarily watch a lot of movies. And to me, that's a major, major feat. Because this is a, it's a weird movie. You know, it's not yeah, your it typical is. fucking movie. You know, like, no. <laughs> and if you say it is, you're lying to yourself. Like, it's, because it's so great. And you don't really even, you just kind of think it's like a quirky movie, but it's so good and so well made that I think most people don't even notice how fucking weird the movie is. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good way to say it. I think that's totally true. You don't even notice how strange it really mm-hmm. is because you're just so, you're just even so the story fixated. Is so bizarre. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is crazy because it's almost like Grand Budapest sort of tricks you into this absurd world where, like, yeah. a character oh, will yeah. do something that's totally insane, right. and then you're just like, yeah, yeah, of course, that would yeah. happen. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, dude, I think that's the magic <laughs> to a lot of his movies. Yeah. It, like, is that he presents this absurd world and he can kind of do whatever. Yeah. You know, like aquatic. Being like, you know, the, there are scenes of that where you're like, it just, like, it just happens because I can. Yeah. <laughs> and it fits within the world. And yeah, I think that's a great point. And yeah. I think I think the thing about Grand Budapest is that even though that is sort of a good th- that's a that's a theme within all of his films, Grand Budapest is like the most immaculate uh, execution of that. Totally, it is, it's it's like it is perfect. And in, you could in, argue that maybe the French Dispatch, yeah, is is that is is maybe a extension of of that, but. You know, yeah, um, I think that French Dispatch loses some of the accessibility that Grand Budapest Hotel has. I think it does too. I think, um, I think you're right. But I think it has the same level of mastery as Grand Budapest yeah. Hotel. I, I would say. I, I definitely agree. I think that's a really good point. It's, yeah, it's definitely not as accessible. Oh, for yeah. sure. Um, so that was your five? That was my five. Okay, my five is Little Rice Kingdom. Yeah. Um, which I need dude. Dude, this this movie is is fucking awesome. It's so incredible. It's it's one of the first movies, Wes Anderson movies I saw, and um, instantly charmed by it. Like you know, it's one of those things that this is this is probably his second most popular movie. I would I would would say probably this. Yeah, Grand Budapest and Mister Fox. Um, I, I think that's totally right. For good reason. I, like, this movie is like, and, and what's so great about this is, minus the French Dispatch, I think a lot of his movies have very simple 
stories at the end of the day, right? They're very simple, contained. I gotta get my shark and kill my friend. I gotta, you know, get a date with my teacher. I gotta, you know, uh, I gotta, uh, I gotta get this painting back, you know, press this pack. I gotta, you know, or a fucking grand little pass, you know, I gotta, you know, there's a lot of, and Blue Rice Kingdom is like, so simple it's like it's this love story between these two you know uh you know young teenagers and what's so great about it is that it's the way that it's presented and i think like a lot of i can't believe it took this long for wes anderson kind of to make a movie like this because like the only movies that have like that are told from like a kid perspective are like Rushmore. And like other than that, like all his movies are told from, you know, a, like adults. Yeah. And but to me, he is so childlike in the way that he like presents his movies. It's so imaginative yeah. and creative and it's like yeah. perfect to make a movie about that especially a you know, a a teen romance movie, you know? But yeah. like done in this super, super whimsical way with like, you know, the different uh camps, you know, the the camp that, you know, the the main I can't remember the main boy's name. Uh, um, I can't remember either. Led by Edward Norton, one of my favorite Edward Norton oh, performances. That's, that's that's such such a fun, fun ass role. Yeah, it's so it's different so than funny, what he normally exactly. does. Yeah, and it's so just goofy and just lovable. And it's just so wholesome. It's yeah. just, I mean, it's about two teenagers that, you know, really like each other and don't know how to talk to each other. And yeah. it's, like, told in this, like, such a brilliant way. And it's, like, a lot of movies, it has this timeless quality to it that I just absolutely love. They're writing letters back to, yeah. to each other, which, you know, is something that runs throughout his entire filmography that, like, it's, his films are very timeless. Like, you've you, you never seen an iPhone in his movies. you never seen, like, a... Yeah. You know, he... And he doesn't even... I don't even think New Rice Kingdom has a... I don't remember if it, like, states what... what When it's set. I, I don't think it does. I don't I think, think it, it does either. I don't think I don't a think lot so. of movies, his well, movies do. Well, there's that opening at the beginning where he's there, like the guy is setting the scene and he's talking Which, about. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I love that shit, dude. I do too. It's that so character good. is so good. Did, did he say the year? I can't remember. He gives us statistics, statistics, and some history yeah, about he the did, island. Uh, well, he well he introduced the movie about the, the storm, you know, like kind yes, of like what right. to tell. I don't know if he like gives away uh, i really don't think he does give the ear even though i feel like he should but i don't think he does yeah but i mean i, I just think it has like it, it could be set in the 80s and it could be set you know now i mean it's, right. you don't yeah. really know and and i love the color palette of this movie which uh I, we haven't really mentioned but his films are have so much great color yeah color this, man this movie is so fall it's so yeah each one of these movies has this color palette you know that is like is awesome you know that kind of runs throughout his whole you know 
art design, which is like beautiful, despite being my favorite, like looking of his yeah, movies, maybe. Because it's just, it just warms my heart, just makes me want to go into the forest and sit there for yeah. hours. Uh, it has so many funny ass moments. Um, uh, probably the, the moment that made me laugh the hardest in the Wes Anderson movie. And I don't know if it's the hardest that most people will laugh, but. There's a moment when, when it's so insignificant, but it's just uh, the two, uh, the, um, I can't remember the, the character's names, the, the, the girl, the main girl, the 12-year-old girl. I'll try to look it up real quick. Her brothers, like, sitting and they're playing, like, a game or something. And uh-huh. Bill Murray, who's their father, walks in, walks in on them without... He's he's wearing no shirt. He has a he has a bottle of Jack Daniels, and he has a an axe, and he stops at this like perfectly constructed, symmetrical shot. He uh-huh. looks at them and goes, "I'm gonna go chop down a tree," and then walks away. <laughs> that shit makes me laugh every single time I watch it. It's just the it's the delivery, it's the what the like it's the nonchalant nature of who's just gonna go chop a tree and get hammered. You know? Um and Bill Murray's so good at it. Like the parents are so fucking good at it. Uh Bruce Willis is fucking police chief is so amazing he's trying to track down the yeah. kids and it's amazing it's just it's so wholesome and wonderful the ending is so great too yeah um, yeah where the storm kind of like comes along which you keep hearing about and that's the cool thing about it too is that there's this weird looming like doom throughout the whole mm-hmm. movie that they like set up and it's just so unique and cool you know and it sets up the third act beautifully and uh, yeah. it's a fucking great fucking fucking movie. Oh, so dude, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, so that Moonrise Kingdom is my number four. Like I said, cool. Just a second ago, and Moonrise Kingdom is a really weird movie, as yes. you might have gathered from Alex's <laughs> description. The main characters are Sam and Susie. Uh, yeah, that's what right. the boy's name and the girl's name is Susie. Right. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom was the first Wes Anderson film that I really analyzed because that was the film sure. we started analyzing in film school. And that was significant to me mm-hmm. uh, because I uh, I always watch things pretty deeply because I just I like to think about things in a deep way. But like learning how to really analyze and understand each component of film right. is a is a it was was another level for me. Yeah. And this was kind of my introductory to looking at Wes mm-hmm. Anderson that way. And what a weird movie to start it with. And this movie is really strange to me because I do think it deserves the kind of fame that it has in Wes Anderson, yeah. but it seems like such a weird little movie to be such a favorite among people Yeah, because I mean, it's think, so bizarre. I think for me, why it is, like, these top five are definitely, I would consider, my favorite Wes Anderson movies. It, well, yeah, like, the, the top five are, like, to me, they're, like, so ingrained in, like, film brain almost yeah. at this point yeah um I, you know so it's like i think a lot of that has to do with just the nostalgia aspect and the idea of being a kid and i think that connects it does really capture so that many, really well it captures it so well and it captures like also like 
I love Sam's friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I love all of those guys. And the rest the of the group. troop. But yeah, the whole troop is just fucking... They're so good. The way that they, uh, like, carry themselves and how well-constructed the troop is. And how, like, it's... It, it, I, I was a Cub Scout when I was young, so, like, I kind of... There's, there's a nostalgic quality there. There's a nostalgia to, you know, being, you know, your first crush. You know, I think that's probably what it is, is that it's it's just connected with so many people, you know, on that yeah. level. And I think that's probably It can true. connect with everybody, you know, not just yeah. people that are our age. It's like people that are 50, they're like a right, you know, right. kid. Right, kind of like a similar kind of phenomenon. Thing they're, 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 it's more relatable to them because we were playing video games and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, and I think another thing that I just think is so awesome and strange about Moonrise Kingdom that I just I love this so much is um, all the characters seem to be performing in a way like they have Asperger's or this intense kind <laughs> yeah. of apathy, which yeah. I think is genius. It reminds me, the only other film that I've ever seen do something like that is The Lobster, which I also mm-hmm. adore that yeah. film. But there's that strange parallel to me in my mind of The Lobster and Moonrise Kingdoms because of these characters who... Um, just seem to be limited in their emotional capacity yeah. and how to present. But also a film that doesn't like make it a gimmick and being like, these guys can't have emotions. It's right. like it's about someone who has Asperger's or maybe not Asperger's, but just like this weird filtering system of emotions, have emotions and build these meaningful connections with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and- I mean, that's interesting. I never really thought about I always think about like who's especially the characters are like the way that they talk and the it's just a quirk. Yeah. It's just a weird Yeah. To me thing. I've never a, thought about that aspect to it, which is interesting. But. It's always so seismic to me because it's a little thing that I you you don't notice in the forefront, but it makes it feel like this whole world is happening in a totally alternative reality. Because right. these people right. act in a way that's like right. that you are a human. Right. You are doing things that human do, but not in my universe. Right. And that's, what, that's what you know. I, that's what's so strange about his movies in general. I mean, I feel like yeah. that way about, especially like Aquatic, the way that those characters talk to each other. Like, what the fuck? I know. But, but, yeah. but also, like, it's just it's a part of his quirk, and it's part of you know the only thing I can maybe compare it to is like maybe like a. Movie, like in a weird in a weird parallel universe where the way that those characters talk is so like not the way humans talk to each other but it's still extremely riveting and yeah it's just that fast talking way but i know but the west anderson thing is like like these characters it, it, they do feel like they have asperger's yeah know? and it's weird to me that he's able to do it because okay because to me, the similar film is The Lobster, but that film yeah, is, is a, immediately aversive and weird in, in a lot of ways, well, all over the ways. It's the way it's presented. I think, right. like, the Rice Kingdom is, is so... The whole world is so quirky, and it's so, like, yeah. scrapbook and storybook that it just feels... You know, it's like music. It's just It just works. You just... You, you, yeah. These things come together, and these sounds, and all these elements, and that's just one of them. And this makes this 
whole unique experience. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about Moonrise Kingdom is that it really feels like magic. Every time I watch it, I mean, it, it really feels like title, magic. Moonrise Kingdom. I, mean, I the, know. The title is, you know. It's so perfect. It's it's one of the it's 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 also great because it's one of his films that where Grand Budapest Hotel is like his is genius in like Wes Anderson flexing and doing mm -hmm. everything he can at full capacity. And then Moonrise is Moonrise Kingdom is genius because it's like him working at full capacity but restraining himself in very smart ways. Right. He pulls back so much in Moonrise Kingdom, right. but he doesn't make it it never gets hollow. It's never like it's not there's oh, something no. that's not there. Mm -mm. It's so no. full and rich, but it's like you said, it's just so simple. It's so and it's simple. Al it's always moving, you know. Yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of Grand Budapest in the sense of like it's there's never a never a dull moment. It's no. always moving. There's always something to look at. There's always uh, an interesting, you know, dynamic. Even that one moment that I talk about that is super insignificant, where Bill Murray just tells his kids that he's going to go chop down a tree. You know, it's so insignificant, but it adds to the character development. It adds to just the weird, quirky nature of the film. And yeah. just all, just the way that the story unfolds is it's so, so yeah. great. And I will I'll also double down on how this is maybe one of his most genius set designs on it, being that it's uh just first of all immediately aesthetically gorgeous and pleasing. And, and second and of unique, all and that, and something that you never really seen before. You know, yeah, never, never. When I think of Blue Rice Kingdom, I instantly think about the beach. You know, and the, yeah. the campsite that the the two season said put up. Um, I, it's, it's, it, that set is so instantly recognizable yeah. to me. And I think, and, and I think the, the town, color, you know, like the weird yeah. beach town of it. Yeah, so. I think the colors are probably maybe the most mm -hmm. genius like color palette. Yeah, <laughs> which Super I know. Fall, yeah, fall it, it, Wes, Wes Anderson was really. Wes Anderson in this movie specifically was really what sort of like awakened my perspective to color palette being so significant and something that you could do yeah. because you can watch a lot of Hollywood movies and they're sort of like the Hollywood movie color palette right. and you don't really notice that that's not how the real world looks. Yeah. But right. then when you look at Wes Anderson, it's like, well, that's I, that's definitely not how trees look to me. They right. look they're so vibrant, you know. Uh -huh. um, but it's not it's it's not surreal either. It's not yeah. surreal either. It's just no, really it's stylized. Definitely not. Yeah, it's super stylized. Yeah, it's it's this interesting balance that he's able to like achieve. Uh, but yeah, so that was your five. That was my that was my four. Four. My, okay. four. my four is the French Dispatch. Okay. Um, right now. That's high up there. That's awesome. I mean, I love this movie. It's fucking, it's, it's stupid good. You it's know, we, stupid we, we talked about, good. Uh, I, I, I put it at four as of now because I already anticipate when I watch this again, I'm going to probably like it even more just because of just how, how much I enjoyed it the first time with knowing that I didn't catch everything is yeah. a really big feat for me because, yeah. Usually with movies like that, that maybe I didn't catch anything, I need to see it again. I'd be like, maybe if, if I see it again, I'll enjoy it more. Like this time, I know like I will enjoy it more, and like I even if I just saw it once, I'd be happy because it's it was such a great experience watching it the first time. But yeah. I know rewatching it is going to just enhance 
the movie, uh, the only great movie that it is. So yeah, like, I, you're totally right about that. I I, 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 I so have it horrible just because personally, it might not be like personally my favorite thing right now, but I know I almost know my heart that like it is so well. It's so well made. It's so like the the things that he's doing, like experimenting within the Wes Anderson kind of like the way that he experiments, like the, the, what he's doing with accent ratio, color, and yeah. all these bizarre, kind of surreal uh, stage shows that go on like at certain points in the movie. It's just a weird, it's just such a beautiful, weird vibe. And yeah. It, like, just unlike anything that he's ever made. So I know that, like, I think I'm going to appreciate it even more and more and more the more times I watch it. So that's why it's for. Yeah, um, that's a that's a great you know, and you talking about that I, made me I personally probably like Louis I think more, you know, right as yeah. now, but like I know in my heart that I think this is gonna be I think I'm gonna like this more than, you know, these these movies when I get a chance to rewatch it. That's you know? awesome. That's super awesome. Multiple I think that time. I think that French Dispatch you talking about that made me think that French Dispatch might actually be one of his most rewatchable movies. Because I, once, I think you, so. I totally once you get think over so, yeah. the initial initial hump of how overwhelming and dense dense it is, that was where we decided it was. It's fucking dense. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I think it's just gonna just be really it'll get easier and easier to watch, and it's just Absolutely. there's so much to watch, which is really so fun. Much to watch. There's so much to watch. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's so much. Yeah. <laughs> There's so, there's so much to see. <laughs> so, yeah, there is, there's so much story. And there's yeah. So, to, to, we talk about it in the review, to, to maybe somebody's fault, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, at, at this, I can see someone saying, you know, this has too much story and too much, it's just too much. It's, it's like having a meal and you're too full and people start selling chocolate pudding in you. Yeah, yeah. I like chocolate pudding, but I'm overwhelmed. But, uh, and but I can't no more, eat it please. Anymore. No yeah. more. <laughs> so, so, like, I can see someone saying that about it, too. So, yeah. But to I me, agree. that's a good problem to have. That means yeah, that I, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's rewatchable. And, and maybe if I rewatch it again, maybe I'm like, oh, wow, this is still too much. Too much. Yeah. Too much turkey. Yeah. Uh, so, but, <laughs> no, man, but I think I think you're right about that. I think it's going to probably exponentially go up. I mean, I'll, probably... re- I'll rewatch that Benicio Del Toro thing over and over and over again. It's just yeah. so amazing. It'd be cool if in like a special feature of the French Dispatch, if they had them all as short films, too. Oh, I feel like I, that I, would ooh, be really that's cool. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I don't. I think I would like to it, have it that. It would work. Yeah, it definitely. Would work. Like, like you can all you can watch them all in short films and it would work. Isn't yeah. that wild? Yeah, it is. It really is. Like I truly need that. Like it just end and you're like, that was satisfying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wild. I mean, it would yeah. win. Like you send that to any short film festivals, and every single one of those, they would get like yeah, one, you, two, and three in different yeah, orders. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's my four. That's right your now. four. Okay, yeah. so it's three now. It's time for the top yeah. three movies. Top three. My, my three is Royal Tenenbaums. Um, Royal Tenenbaums, it was really interesting to me. I've only seen this movie once, It mm-hmm. was really, but it was really interesting to me because it hit me so hard. Um, yeah. not like, not like in a sad way, but just like that emotionally resonated 
yeah. so deeply with me mm-hmm. that so little films actually do. Right. I loved every single character on this. Luke Wilson was my character. You yeah, mentioned yeah. how great his performance is. Right. I don't know. Something about his character just oh God, resonates old, old, old with old me. Uh, old uh, Wilson and Luke Wilson. So Luke Wilson, good. I mean more. No, no, no. Uh, I got with Old Wilson, too. So fucking good in it. Yeah, because he's like... Playing he, that he, writer who's like... Which is, uh, which is a, a really gamer. different role for him, too. Yeah, it's like yeah. he doesn't usually play that role, and he was he's so fantastic as that. Oh, God. So I I love I loved the aspect of this being a family like a real serious family drama comedy because yeah. sometimes I like family Absolutely. dramas but what I love about this is it's the family drama like the really sad and abusive family drama type of thing yeah. that's still a comedy and makes me laugh so yeah. much totally that, yeah, that, that that is so awesome to me about mm-hmm. the Royal Tenenbaums and I think mostly it's just that this has one of, it has one of my favorite cast of characters and how they Absolutely. interact with each other yeah, right. out of anything out of all mm-hmm. of them too yeah. and I love I love like you know Royal I love the fucking so, like not being a soap plot but how he fakes how he has cancer yeah just to hang out with his ship when they all figure out that he's lying that whole yeah. scene is fucking great I love yeah. it I love that don't worry that. he doesn't crack a joke the whole movie he's yeah. like a sad man <laughs> He's a sad old man. And he's still funny somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's kind of funny. I, I don't, when I rewatched it, I just, I didn't laugh at him at all. I was like, this guy's just sad. I know. I bad it's, for this guy. Uh, I guess it's not like, it's not it's like you're fu- laughing. I guess it's funny in the, the character that he's playing. It's so yes. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, it's, it's not funny in the context of a movie, but it's like a meta kind of funny yeah, where you're yes. laughing. It's like, I can't sure. believe this is Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But sure. yeah, Royal Tenenbaums. This is so again. This is a thing where it's when I watch Royal Tenenbaums again, and I watch like French Dispatch again, and I watch all these films. It might change a little bit, but mm-hmm. that first totally. viewing Think, for me was always, special. Opinions are always going to change, you know, yeah. over time. You know, obviously. They yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. It's it's a phenomenal movie. It's 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 great. It's incredible. I like that point though. Like I get like um, that it does have that very dark and serious family drama but um it is it it it, it, it manages to be just as funny yeah as dramatic which is like i think which i think is a a, a, a major you know plus to a lot of his great movies like yeah. Grand Budapest, you know and francis pax where francis pax has some hilarious shit in it but it it deals with some serious Themes, you know, especially with the political short film and stuff like that. Like he's able to balance, just a, such a great balance, you know. Yeah, and I, you know, another thing about the Royal Tenenbaums that I think I like a lot personally is it has a similar kind of chaos with a huge cast of really incredible characters in a so- in a family saga as like Grand Budapest or French Dispatch. It has that kind of chaos. That ensemble. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. it's done in a sort of quieter way. And I like that yeah, a lot. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's just that. Maybe I want it to be louder. Maybe I want it to be more like <laughs> fucking, like, I don't know. Maybe that caught me off guard. I've seen it like four times, so... Uh, like I think it's just maybe that just always catches me off guard of how subtle it actually is. Yeah, because it, it really it really is subtle. And quiet. The end. Yeah, especially after Luke Wilson uh 
which is an amazing scene, but after he uh, attempts to kill himself, spoiler, <laughs> um, you know, after that, it gets pretty, pretty serious, pretty yeah. subtle, and pretty, you know, which I think is a really great uh, tone shift, but maybe it just doesn't click with me as much as it should. But yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I know. I mean, recognize how great it is, though. I I think I think I I love your like your opinion on that. I found that so interesting to me, and it um I don't know. It made me appreciate how much I liked it more to yeah. hear about like those pieces, not like not like dig it. So that that which was interesting. That's why to me. we do this. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I love I love Royal Tenenbaums. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, that was my three, three. My three is Rushmore. Yeah, Rushmore is. <laughs> So I totally understand everything that you said. Uh -huh. To me, this is, I'm not kidding when I say this, it's one of the funniest movies I have ever seen in my, <laughs> like, in my goddamn life. This movie makes me laugh. I mean, like me and my buddy Justin, who, who loved this movie, and he, like, you know, is he, he likes Wes Anderson, but he thought that this was, like, the funniest thing he's ever seen. Yeah. And it, to me, the reason I think it's so like ridiculously funny and is i i just think jason Schwartzman is like unlike any actor i have ever seen like in in this movie is he is i have never seen a child actor like this exude so much confidence and is so fun it's almost like like the character, it's almost like he's been acting for like forty five years, you know. Like he's so yeah, that's so true. <laughs> like everything so he does, true. everything. I've seen this movie probably like five or six times. And like it is, like I I can't get enough of his character. I really can't. I think his character is beyond genius. I think the way that he plays the character, just the idea of like this kid who is like just walking like he's excelling in all these extracurriculars and is failing school, which is yeah. just so funny. And the way that he acts, he's like this kind of like, you know, this mastermind behind this run like they're the, one of the best fucking lines in the whole movie is like so he says something like what like what do you want to do when you grow up when he says something like you know or what do you love to do he's like being a attending wrestler like that's his life like that's his life goal is attending this private school and beyond like how funny this movie is to me like the the relationship between him and uh the the teacher who is great in this movie is, is super great and their relationship to me is i can see someone maybe saying it's creepy you know you could say that it is very like you know, it's creepy but to me it's the it's so sweet like yeah. the way that the movie like ends and takes this borderline like when i first like, like when i first saw this, this is what like really stuck out to me is like how toe-tipping like just on this line that that the whole movie is where it could totally be so creepy so off and the way that they like just walk this line is so 
incredible to watch because there's yeah. not a lot of filmmakers willing to take risks like that. That shit is a total... It was his second movie. He, and he made a movie about a 15-year-old kid legit ha- like having like a romantic-type relationship with a grown woman and yeah. like making it wor- like emotional. Like The ending like works so brilliantly. And I just... I I think that's my favorite aspect to it. It's just the the line that it is somehow just like walking so expertly, and like just all the scene like my favorite scene of the movie probably is Max Fisher like puts on like these elaborate stage plays that are beyond funny that are yeah. like that yeah those are like, so crazy when he puts on like Serpico. Like, he goes, like, a fucking <laughs> 70s. And I love how all the kids are, like, like watching this, like, hard as, like, nails, like, fucking, like, crime thriller. And the, the way that it's set up is so fucking funny. Like, they're, like, so amazing, like, set design. And, like, it's genuinely, like, really cool set design and shit, like, for this play. But it's just so fucking funny to see, like, these, like, like high schoolers, like, reenact like vietnam you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it was just so fucking funny um that's what, and, yeah that is a genius aspect but of it what i love sure. like my favorite thing about it too is like there's she doesn't show up to one of these plays or something or he she he, the teacher brings a date luke wilson who's like a surgeon and there's this and they go that to is my least him, favorite scene him, in the movie. And, and, yeah, but it's but uh. to me, it is so fucking funny, dude. Like it is he him chastising her. He, he's acting like a fifty-year-old man. It is the funniest shit. Ever to me. It is like, I love where, like, Luke Wilson's like, like, trying to be like this nice guy. He's like, hey, like, he's like, he's like, my dad's a surgeon. <laughs> like, he's saying shit like that. Like, chastising him for being a nurse and, like, you know, like, calling the waiter over like a fucking. It's, it's so insane. And Bill Murray is just so. Also, uh, Bill Murray, this is the first time Bill Murray appeared in a, in a Wes Anderson movie. And, He's genius. Oh, yeah. he's, he's so again, like he t- he tells this line of like ridiculously funny, but very um there's a there's a sadness to him. There's a sadness yeah. to his character and like the way that their Fisher and Bill Murray's relationship is it's gold. In my opinion it's just, it's so endlessly rewatchable and so goddamn funny that I totally understand. Uh, if you are susceptible to trends, you don't like Prince Hitter, uh, which is a lot of people out there. Uh, yeah. I highly recommend don't watch it because it is very cringy. But if you like that style of humor and to maybe get over the fact that, you know, it's it is supposed to be absurd. Um, and yes. you know, and it's it tells this line of this amazing absurdity that I just can't get enough of, and, like, I think it's amazing. Let alone the fact that it's, like, there's really, there's cool stylistic elements that he started doing in it, where kind of these amazing kind of, like, montage sequences where, you know, they start with, like, these, you know, 
uh, static shots, you know, like uh, and stuff like that. Lose yeah. uh, amazing uh, little moments, and you know, it's not as elaborate as something like Life Aquatic, but I think it it, it does so much with little, you know, which yeah. I think like is what was better about Rushmore to do the bottle rocket, you know, for example. But, yeah, I feel like Rushmore is one of those films where it is a deep sadness that I don't like it <laughs> because it is a very historic film and it's just a very good film because it's interesting because usually this is probably the best like cringe based film ever made because yeah. it, uh, because it's so genius and it's also really significant because it's really the place where Wes Anderson was born because yeah. that's that's yeah. really where he came into his roots everything comes back to Rushmore it's like yeah, yeah he started with Bottle Rocket but it really all came together with Rushmore yeah I just and, want to bring up scenes and just make me like cringe I know you're just like remembering it no Rarity, no please she's uh, at the library uh, they're at the library and she's like grading papers, and he's like, like uh, watching her super closely, and whatever. She like breaks her pencil. She like, she like runs over and sharpens the pencil and pours lemonade. <laughs> I hate it. Oh man! man. And then <laughs> she's like, and then he, she goes, "We're not on a date." And he's like, "Well, yeah." It's just it, everything. I just I think Jason Horseman is. Unbelievably funny. I can't believe it's one of those performances that I can't believe they found him. I yeah. can't believe that uh he was able to say like get it. You know? And he was like fifteen and he like understood like what the comedy of the moment, like each moment <sighs> yeah. and understood like how I don't know, man. Yeah, I, just, I know. He I was a, he was a really he was a really crazy fine with that. All so the wait, other kids too. The movie are just unbelievably funny. Especially was Jason his, was Jason Schwartzman a friend of Wes Anderson, similarly yeah, so, to Owen Wilson? Yeah. So they found Jason Schwartzman through auditions. So they auditioned thousands that is of so kids. So crazy. And the story is, uh, if you have you have Rushmore on Criterion. No? Yeah, I do. Oh, dude, you should. Um, I think the. I don't saw it. I can't remember I saw it, but like, to look at the audition tape for it, uh, it's fucking. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that exists. I mean, I hope I'm not making that up. I remember seeing an audition tape for him, and it's like it's unbelievable. It's like one of those things where like they walk in and go like, ah, eh, you. Yeah, you know? yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 great. But no, so they he found them through an audition, and then from then on became really close friends with wow. him. Wow. Yeah, and now Jason's he's super, young, helps he's super young, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Horseman's, you know, in his thirties. Uh, but yeah, that's so that's so cool. That's so cool. You you said something when you were talking about Bill Murray this time, yeah. uh, and talking about his combination of sad and melancholy. It made me realize that can, the similarity between him and Adam Sandler as serious actors. Sandler, Robin Williams. Robin Williams too, yeah. yeah, and it's that it's that it's an interesting, it's an interesting I, kind I, I of think mastery. It's one of my favorite things, in the, in the, like it's one of my favorite things is like comedians like that are primarily known for comedy. Jim Carrey has put in really good dramatic yeah. roles too. Yeah, uh, there's just this interesting thing that happens when comedians go into roles like that. You get this amazing like. Uh, 
electricity that I think like not a lot of performers could do. Because yeah. comedy is so hard to do. Like it's it's probably the hardest thing to do. Um and I don't know, like Sailor and Uncut Jams and Punch Up Love, they just have this like this I don't know, I can't describe it. It's like this I know, really I know. weird uh, but it also has to be the right role, you know. Yeah. Um, because Bill done dramatic roles that I'm going like, eh, you know. Yeah. But Wes right. Anderson movies, he's like, I mean, it's perfect because the characters yeah. are so good. Yeah, it's kind also of also lost in translation too. But right, yeah, it's kind of scary when those things, it, when you really think about how much it resonates, it's kind of like freaky in, in mm-hmm. a way. I kind of find it freaky, like how how good um those moments can be. Yeah. Um, so magic. should we move on? <laughs> magic. Yeah. It is magic. Should we move on? Yeah. What's your number three or two? Uh, my number. Know. My number two. So Rushmore was your number three, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So my number two is the Darjeeling Limited. Damn. Okay. I love the shit love out of this movie. I love it too. And the Darjeeling Limited. Uh, I was wrong before. Bottle Rocket was not the first movie Wes Anderson movie I saw. The Darjeeling Limited was the first movie I say, and then I saw Bottle Rocket. So the Darjeeling Limited was my introduction into Wes Anderson, and I remember I found Wes Anderson because I was in high school and I was taking a video class, which was the class that got me into filmmaking. Wasn't a great class, but that's video. okay because it wasn't a filmmaking class; it was a video. <laughs> what is that, dude? It was, well, we made films, but they just called it video. <laughs> I Christ. don't know why. I don't uh, like that at all. Uh, but, uh, that makes me want to die. That makes me like, sound like you're taking like, a YouTube video class. I know. I know. It was. It, it's weird looking back on it. I've never thought about that. But I remember that we were in class, and the professor um, wasn't a fucking professor. Professors are in college. This guy was a teacher. <laughs> he was a teacher. Uh, and he... Um, he he had a case of the Darjeeling Limited, and he was just showing us some movies. And I remember, yeah. like living, he showed us Living from Oblivion, which was really cool. And then he had this case. <laughs> I know it was a weird movie, but um, <laughs> weird movie to show. But it, it, and uh, he didn't show the Darjeeling Limited. He just showed the case of it, and I was yeah. all immediately absorbed yeah. into just by looking at the case of that film. Well, and I went home. Great posters. All yeah, posters he does fantastic and yeah. i went home and i watched it on my laptop and yeah. it like blew me away because yeah. i hadn't seen films sure. like that before yeah. um and as i've as i've continued to watch all of it it has stuck in this special place and this special significance to me and how good it is for like it in these subtle ways and yeah. i think that the darjeeling limited is one of his again one of the weirder ones it's weirder and quirkier in a lot of ways but also much simpler yeah. than all of yeah. his other films um which are i just like that about it yeah. and another factor i really like is i think that um the three brothers are yeah. just well, well, part. like some of my favorite characters in cinema yeah. history. A lot of um, and I also like that the Darjeeling Limited is like all the characters who tend to get side roles in his films getting front roles again. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like right. Owen Wilson and Jason Schwartzman's both got like their lead roles right. um, early on, like in yeah. Rushmore and Bottle Rocket. But yeah. I it, like. It's I, cool to see. It's cool to see. Especially if you watch. Movies in order. It's cool to see that again. 
Yeah, know? and I think this is my favorite Andrian Brody performance, and I yeah, wish I had it. more I, Andrian I Brody love, in my life. I do love Yes, he is fantastic in that, but I, I love his center role in this film, and yeah. just like the the immersive experience of just uh, so th- that's the thing I also like a lot about the Darjeeling Limited is even though it's a lot simpler, I get a lot more immersed in the story and their emotions sure. than yeah. some other Wes Anderson films. I still, all of his films are super immersive, but this one just sucks me in yeah. so deeply. It's like, I just feel like throughout the whole movie, I am sitting in the compart- train compartment with them, watching them yeah. like do their shit the whole time. Yeah, and well. it, it makes me laugh. I think it's like really moving and yeah. the jur- the emotional journey that they go good, through, yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty exciting because of yeah. like the like when uh, just of all the uh, the shit that comes in there, and right. um, it I just think it's just really fantastic. It, it is, just resonates it really with good. me. It is really good. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah, right. it's it, and a lot of the things that you said earlier about Darjeeling Limited, I I really I I really agree with all the points that you had yeah. to say about it. Um, and it's also talking about like the weird kind of magic that's the other thing for like my top two movies the they're my top two because of that feeling well really the top three world tenenbaums and the top two have this resonant magic movie feeling to me yeah um that i still do get to a degree what i get with all of wes anderson films but these films are somehow more magic to me and I don't quite know why, but they just yeah, feel that way to me. Yeah, like more. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, my, two, my top two are kind of like, kind of gnarly. I mean, your, your, your picks are pretty more eclectic. Yeah. But I mean, are, um, you know, I, I, it's Grand Budapest is my number two. Cool. Um, okay. <laughs> it's amazing. It's incredible. It's like, you know, we talk about it a lot. But I mean, it's, it's, to me, that, like, what really blows me away about, like, this movie in particular is that it kind of took the, like, epic nature of something like Like Aquatic and, like, the, the, the thing that he's going for with Like Aquatic which, like, is this a large story, like, on this, like, large scale, um, and really, like, really made it work um, to the point where, like we said, it's so accessible, and it's a movie that has, like, transcended, you know, because for a lot of time, for a lot of years, Wes Anderson was, like, you know, your art films, art, like, an art film snob's, like, person, you know, he's, like, I really like this guy. Greg Budapest is what really sent him into, like, the mainstream, and, like, got him, like, tons of Oscar nominations, and and, and I think someone said... He's selling out. No, motherfucker. No. This is a fucking phenomenal movie, and this is just the one that happened to, to get him a lot of Oscar nominations. All of the other movies could have gotten it, but, yeah. you know, the Academy. Good um, point. So, yeah, good point. Uh, like, it's an incredible movie. It's it's, unbelie- it's unbelievable how, I think, the story is told and how much fun it is like and just ha- like the the whole adventure aspect between with zoro and uh ray ray Fong's character zero not zoro zoro <laughs> zero um is is so much fun i love like you know this movie does have the same 
quality of that Levi's chicken is the Asperger's you feel. Which is so, I'm going to just call it that now. Because it's so, that is such a good <laughs> description of like what his, how his characters sound. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, um, and, but I think the way that it's like implemented in this is, is like, is you don't really think about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just this quirky world that he's created. And uh, I just love the story. I love how this movie opens where it's this abandoned, abandoned you know, it's not abandoned, but it's, you know, run down. But you see this grand little hotel, this uh, little girl walking up and seeing this thing that is, you know, abandoned at this point. And she opens this book and we see, you know, uh, Law, who this is like the first time where like he just has like huge fucking actors just like up here in like his movies. Yeah. Like Jude Law is like in like two scenes, you know? <laughs> um but a very important scene, a very important character in the whole movie where he's this journalist who goes to the Grand Budapest and meets uh Zorro and uh learns the story of how he obtained the Grand Budapest Hotel. And we see, you know, the whole journey and handling the relationship with Gustav, you know, who, who played by Ray Fiennes, who is iconic so as fuck at this good. point. He's iconic as shit at this point. You see a yeah. character, you see a picture of him, you know, instantly who that is, how he talks, how, you know, it's, he's just one of those iconic characters. And uh, he's so fucking funny in this. And it's funny because I'm a Potterhead. I grew up with Potter, you know, and at the point that I saw this, I didn't, I hadn't seen, like, Ray Fiennes in a lot of movies. Like, I saw him only as villains. Like, I saw mm-hmm. him as Wodemar and the fucking terrifying Nazi in Schindler's List. Um, and seeing him in this, and how quirky and funny and likable and kind of an asshole uh, he is, is so great. He's so amazing. And his chemistry with Zero is just so, it's so much fun to watch. And like, I just love how the story unfolds. I love the darker tones to it. Like, Will the Foe's character is, is so good. He's, he's probably my favorite appearance of Will the Foe. Not yeah. like, you know, obviously, like, Aquatic is great, but, uh, it's a, it's, it's really up there. I love <laughs> it's such how a he's fun role. Just, I love how he's just like a, you know, like a henchman, basically. Yeah. And, uh, one of my favorite scenes in cinema history, period, without a question, is uh, when he's chasing Jeff Goldblum's character and through the museum. It is one of the most, like, classic things I've ever seen in my life. It feels like I'm watching a movie from 1955, yeah. you know? And yeah. it's, it's like, if I ever teach a film class, it's like, just watch this scene and let's break this down on why this works. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, it, that whole scene ends with like this amazing culmination where he chops, you know, Jeff Goldblum's character, like, fingers off. Uh, it's an amazing moment. Jeff Goldblum needs to be in more Wes Anderson movies. Oh my God. Oh it's my like, God. What I a feel perfect, like, I feel perfect like he was pairing. <laughs> born to be in his movies. Um, uh, that needs to happen more. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's just, it's, it's grandly the pleasure call. And I love how it ends. I love this the amazing classic sweet they very similar to Fred's dispatch where it kinda ends on this like very like basic note where it's this love letter to hotels and and like, you know, just an era, you know? And like yeah. 
Uh, it's just beautiful. It's just great. And that's my number two. I love yeah, it man. so much. Yeah, man. It's just, it's Grand Budapest fucking hotel, man. It's just Grand Budapest. Yeah. And I also saw it when it came out. And it was like a big oh, deal. Oh, yeah, when, that's so when, I, when I saw it, it was like, I think it was like the second Los Angeles movie I saw, probably. First yeah. or second. And it just blew me away. It just was like, I've never seen it. It was like you and Darling and Lumina. It was like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, it yeah. was like so amazing, you know? Yeah. And what was incredible is like when I went back and watched all those movies, it still to me was like, what? You know? Like, this is, yeah. this is, you know, this is still to me like one of his, his best films. It is know? totally magnificent. Yeah. Okay, well, my number one, you can all guess it at this point because he doesn't have any more movies left. <laughs> this is the only one left. It's Steve Zuso and the yeah. uh, Live Aquatic with Steve Zuso. Yeah. I just, I love this yeah. movie so fucking much, dude. Yeah. It's, I think one of the reasons why is that I just love the water. I love water. <laughs> I like yeah. I like things that yeah. happen on boats. I don't yeah. feel like there's a lot of good stories with set in that setting. I like, like... The freedom. You know why, though, right? <laughs> why? It's super hard. To oh, well, water. yeah, yeah. It's super hard. Yeah, it's, it's super it's really duper hard. hard. I, yeah. I wonder if they. I wonder if. I mean, are there a lot of scenes, like, of them in the water? Like, I feel like you don't really. There's a lot of boat scenes, but I feel like they didn't have to shoot that on water. No, you know? it was probably a set. Yeah, it yeah. was definitely a set. It's not like time. Titanic where they shot that movie in a fucking a giant pool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Waterworld. So, God, yeah. You know? I wanna, <laughs> I wanna see Waterworld at some point, man. It's a, what it's a, a beautiful, it's a beautiful disaster. Yeah. What a historic cool tragedy that it. one is. Yeah. Um, but Life Aquatic is, um, I, I love sort of the more choppy and not quite as polished pushing together of the live action and animated yeah. and things like yeah. that. I like that it's so jarringly different. Yeah. That's something that I've, I'm very fond of in Life Aquatic, and I like how just bizarre and crazy it is. How mm -hmm. it starts off as this weird romp to find their shark, <laughs> yeah. and then they're fighting against terrorists to save right. like yeah. a random reporter <laughs> yes. after the pirates. Yes. I, yeah. I, I love shit like yeah. that because it's yeah. like it is his most absurd movie by far. Totally. It is it is and totally it, it, absurd. Totally bomb. Totally, yeah. <laughs> um, I think like not appreciated. I think like as time went on, like that movie was like not like people were like, What the fuck? When this came out it was like people were not down with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. when it, I think it garnered, you know, a cult status and it was kind of you know, transcended to being, you know, one of his most iconic movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I I didn't actually know that, and I'm, I'm, it makes yeah. so much sense because of yeah. how weird and strange this movie is. Yeah, and it's also really cool because, in a way, I think it's kind of brave to put Bill Murray in the lead role in this situation because sure. yeah. Bill Murray is. It's not like you can't trust that Bill Murray could do this. He could do this. He's Bill Murray. Yeah, but. The in thing 2004, with Bill, you know, right, this is like, <laughs> right, he's already had been a movie for thirty years. But I feel like Bill Murray is usually structured as being a really strong side or supporting character to someone who's a little bit more relatable, I guess. Yeah. You know, a little bit more like down to earth or more typical, and being yeah. in as like the lead character. But just putting him 
and not making it just like a character piece about him, but still making it like this widescaping story. It's it is really yeah. cool to me that he was able to sort of thread that needle real real nice. And Bill Murray's character is so great, and it's and, and it's one of those ways that he he gets to he gets to flex how good of an actor he is in yeah. ways I don't really see him do in many yeah. other situations or many times before yeah. because he just has so much screen time to do subtle shit and just yes. perform yeah. and interact with other people. Well, it's, I, and, I mean, I, I said it when I talked about it. it it's, it's probably like his most underrated performance. Yeah. By far. And it's also, I think, it's like, his best. And I'm a huge Bill Murray fan. I've seen, like, a lot of his movies. Like, most, like honestly, like, most of them. Um, and, like, it's one of his best performances. It's, it's so layered. And it's so, and you're so right. It's so, like, you know, so much subtle fitness that it's just so brilliant. It's just yeah. so, like, engaging. Yeah. And weird. He's just such a weird, like, quirky character. You know? I, yeah. And I think. I just I just like things that even if it's in a lot of ways I think that it has more I could maybe identify more problems with this than maybe I could yeah. like Grand Budapest. Yeah. But for me, I like yeah. it when movies are kind of almost flawed. I don't well, I don't know if that's risks. quite accurate. I think what you're saying is that yeah. it takes risks. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah, I that, that's a good way I to appreciate it. that too. I way more appreciate that's what we were having a conversation about um uh like superhero movies at some point and like yeah. how, how much I more admire something like Aquaman than probably like Captain Marvel or something. Is Captain Marvel a better main movie? Maybe. But I way more appreciate Aquaman for taking yeah. risks. Totally. And having a, a fucking octopus play bongos and, you know, like yeah. <laughs> have you know crazy shit happen, you know? Yeah. Like I way more prefer I just hate safe movies. Even if it's well made, I just I I smell it. I smell it from a while away. <laughs> I, you're just doing the formula, and is the formula good? Sure, but like really excite me. That's why I like the rated Spider-Man movies more than a lot of Marvel movies, is because they feel so much different. Than, yeah, because they're they're there's nothing to go off of, and there's nothing to like. You know, they, 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 they feel like their own movie. Marvel yeah. movies, as much as I enjoy them, they all, let's be honest here, feel like the same movie. Like, and there's nothing really wrong with that because the formula is so good. But, you know, I went with the things that really excite me and you, I think, are the risk taking. The ones yeah. that are like, let's have a tree talk. Yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, like, I think that's the and that I, that that is so right about why this movie it, it hits me so hard because yeah. even though all it every decision, it's fun to see like experimentation, you know, especially with a filmmaker like Wes Anderson. Yeah, and there was and and all of all of the risks worked even if yes. there was oh, problems yeah. to me. Yeah. Um and. Yeah, and ultimately, at the end of the day, I just really like the story. I think yeah. I like the story more than yeah. it's just my personal favorite story yeah. out of all of yeah. them. Yeah. I just think it's a delight. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird, man. I think it's a little too all over the place for me, but like yeah. I still really enjoy it. But that's one. Of, that's one of the things I like so much is that when when it's done well, I love movies that have a little piece of everything. Yeah. Um. And this course, movie right. has like yeah. a little piece of everything, and maybe yeah. a little bit more that it shouldn't have. But yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, like you know, some of these things like 
are not going to work. I mean, weird risky movies like that are not going to work for everybody. You know? No. Like, that's kind of the, that's the risk that you take. That's what the risk means, is that you're risking the idea that a, a large audience is going to like it. You know, you're risking that. You're risking the, you know, which is like, you know, it's saying that we have to say that, but, like, because, of course, obviously, like, you should take risks. Do something that no one's ever done before and, and create something like a grand new test, you know, that, you know, breaks through and, you know, it becomes mainstream, but, you know, it's, it's the idea of feeling safe and, like, you know. Yeah. Wes Anderson is not that. He's never made a safe movie in his yeah. fucking life. I think when, when we're talking about this conversation, I think the one, I think Isle of Dogs is the one movie that might touch on being a little too safe sometimes, now that I think about it. Interesting. I don't yeah. feel like it's a safe movie. I think it still pushes boundaries. Yeah. It's definitely not a safe movie. Let me double down on yeah. that. It is not a safe movie. It takes so many risks, but it's and the it's one where. A stop motion animated film that takes multiple years to make. Right. You know, and it's definitely not going to make your money back for sure. You know, yeah. Because they don't make money. But that's so. that's the that's the one thing that comes to mind, I guess, in terms of the story choices where he yeah. might have had to take some sure. safe compromises, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Very minutely, yeah. though. But yeah, I think you're, I think you're right about that. Um, but that number one, it's fantastic as your Fox. Yeah. It's amazing. It's incredible. I think a lot of this does hinder on nostalgia because. You know, this movie came out when I was ten, and I saw like I I saw this when I was young, and this was kind of part of my. That's childhood. so perfect. That's so perfect. Uh, you know, it was just part of my growing up when I was like ten, you know, eleven, twelve. I used to watch this movie all the fucking time. You know, my sister used to watch it just constantly. It was one of those like comfort movies, it was like that, the SpongeBob movie, you know, it was like, you know, there, there are these movies that, Back in the Future, it was like these things that, like, were were always on repeat, and that was, like, one of them, and the thing that's impressive about the Pentacle Gifford Fox is, like, we talked about it earlier, but, is that I still think it's, like, incredible, like, the, one of the things that's amazing about Pixar and this Pentacle Fox and, like, how these acting movies is you can watch them when you're young and love them, but when you're older, you actually either maybe might love it more because yeah. of the yeah. just the amount of detail, the amount of like actual care that it took with the story. Um and that's how, how I think, you know, Pixar has been able to operate for all these years is that they go in making things that will last, you know. I think they have in their mind that these kids that are seeing this movie are going to grow up. So let's make a good movie that they can watch for the rest of their life, you know? Yeah. Finding Nemo, you know, you're a kid. Yeah, it's sad to see, you know, uh, Nemo's, or, I mean, Marlon, <laughs> Marlon's kids get eaten. You know, that's sad. But when you're 24, you're fucking bawling your <laughs> eyes out because you're like, you can't imagine you know, losing a child or yeah. losing a kid like that, you know? And it, as a kid, you understand it, but it's not to the level when you're older, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. crafting these stories that will last forever. And, like, you know, Concussion with Fox is 100% that. It's like, it's, like we were saying earlier, this is a movie about a guy in his midlife crisis and he's, and he's dealing with uh, wanting to provide for his family and uh but it's done it's done in this just unbelievably fun quirky way 
you know, yeah. with animation that is just like, you know, I love shot motion. Walsh and Drama is <laughs> one of my favorite things ever. But the thing is, like, there's like a lot of arm look stuff looks similar. You know, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas looks amazing. But this is like, there's nothing like this. Like, it really does feel like that you're watching a storybook, like a picture book, like in the best way possible. Like, it just has that that feeling, like with his symmetrical cinematography and like how consistent each shot and, and like. I don't know, man, just how just beautiful every shot. And it's not, what I love, too, is that it is, it's not like, he's not concerned with filling the frame. There's a, there's not, like, a bunch of random shit in it. Yeah, You know, yeah. just to be flashy. It's so efficient in, like, the way that it, like, because, because it's not motion, they had to really pay attention to, like, Yes. You know, it's great. Wes Anderson is like a perfect example because he does that anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. an animated movie, it's like, like it's it just puts it on a different level. And I just love all the characters. Uh, fucking uh, Kylie is the best character of all time. Uh, <laughs> he's goddamn hilarious. Um, uh, Bill Murray is the Badger. Is great. Uh, Christopherson is fucking awesome. The you know ass, ass. Jason Swarkin his ass is like just so iconic and amazing. So funny. So funny. It's so relatable. It's so wholesome, and it's just it's just like you were saying. It's just some of these movies just have this like magic quality that you can't really like. Nothing will ever be made like that. And not have the feeling like that. Yeah. You know, without being replicated. It's just this, like, wholly unique movie. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's nothing will ever come close to it, you know? In terms of, like, that, like, movies that are based on, also, Roll Doll, you know, books, like, based on (laughs) children's books, you know? Best adaptation I've ever seen of a children's book, you know? Like, wow, you know? Yeah, man, it's like it's one of those films that is uh, almost undeniably perfect. You just yeah. watch it, and you're just like, yeah, that was it's just like, right. It's you like was 80, just it's right. Like Eighty minutes too. It's like this perfect length that just like goes, and it's like you don't feel like you're you got a short of it. You don't feel like you feel like you got the perfect amount of the movie. Yeah. And it's gonna, you know, overstays welcome. You know? And you know, the other thing about uh, stop motion films specifically is that a lot of times when I'm watching them, even if I love the movies, sometimes I have this problem with, or feel this way about a film, oh my God, what is the amazing Laika? I feel this way about some oh, Laika, Laika movies. Yeah, Laika is super good too. I was trying to think about like, stop most Laika movies. Yeah, yeah. I was like, there's, there's one that I'm missing. Yeah, Laika, Laika. But the problem with some Laika movies I feel is that you it start it's I love all Leica movies before I start yeah. sounding like I'm gonna criticize Leica Oh yeah. But the <clears throat> problem with some stop motion films is that they kind of uh lose I don't know, they lose some steam or they feel like you just want more by the end. It just doesn't quite quench sure, your thirst yeah. by the yeah. by the end a lot of the film. Super short, super because short. they have to be because it's yeah. so labor intensive. Right. And a lot of right. times during production, you might focus a lot of time at the beginning and get it all set up, which you should. Yeah. And then you just kinda have to get it done. 
and and to some degree sometimes it hampers the film more than others right uh like a super impressive because they've been able to consistently release and also motion like films. their movies are like crazy looking you know like yeah. so like that's like super impressive about them is that like their things are so detailed and how like crazy environments like kuba for example like looks i mean it looks stunning you, like you couldn't even believe that it's a stop motion movie because it's yeah. it's so just so much detail going into like every frame you know yeah absolutely and but the thing with fantastic mr fox is that it definitely does not feel that way it does not feel it feels complete even compare it to isle of dogs which to me has that sort of stop motion problem of not having quite the thirst quenching feeling of like that was great but i i kind of feel for a crude way to put it, I feel a little blue balled, right? Right. I just just a little bit, just a smidgen yeah. of blue balls. But what's <laughs> fantastic, Mister Fox is it's orgasmic every time, man. Every single thing, time. Thing, I think this is not ever wrong because of nostalgia, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But um, the one thing that I don't like about this, this is like a little rant <gasps> about okay. Mister Fox, and this is a rant about. 2000s animated movies in general. Uh-huh. Why are we ending movies with dance numbers? <laughs> Why? There was... And Fantastic Fox is perfect. It's perfect yeah. for two, one hour and 22 minutes that it runs. Just that one minute. And they all just dance. At the end of the movie? Yeah. Why you, don't, they... you don't like that? Oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's, I like dancing, but it's like it's just like there's there were so many robots. There were fucking robots. <laughs> robots robots is the worst dance, one. Dance, <laughs> dance number. Uh, Chicken Little yeah. ended with a dance number. They uh, all do. Over the heads. <laughs> you know, why? Why are these all end with like dance numbers? Yeah. Mr. Fox is a perfect movie, and then until that, it just becomes. Like conventional again, which is like, uh, oh yeah, this came out in 2007. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. That's, I know, never thought I about that. It? Yeah, the song's great. It's fun to see, you know, the characters dance. Is it weird? Kinda, because yeah. what are they, why are they dancing? Where's the music? Is this diegetic? I, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you know, um, so, but that, I mean, that's like a that's a great no, dude. No, that's point, actually a point. great point. I never thought about that before, and it kind of gets fun. at the idea with animate. The weird thing with animation is it's that like, oh, Dis- kids. <laughs> I know. Kids. Well, it, I think it's because <laughs> Disney. Disney yeah. is such a fucking powerhouse that in the way that they like brought yeah. animation but into popularity. Movies, I don't think. Oh, like the dude, ones well, that I'm listening are not the old Chicken Little's Disney movie. Right, right. But that's the weird thing about it because I still think it comes from because Disney really associated the idea of animation, like Fantasia and then all yeah. of Mickey Mouse shit. Yeah, like, it, it, like musical, it, musical, musical stuff. and yeah. animation. And then that right. somehow turned into ending your movie with the dance numbers <laughs> with these <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> subpar not Disney so films. Ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's like, what's the idea behind that? Like, I don't know. All right, we end the movie and now let's have all the characters dance. Bro, that that would be that would be a fantastic I, research paper. I would I would read yeah, that research paper. Uh, but also, what if if we start making movies? What if all our movies end 
with Dan Sanders. Yeah, dude. Like <laughs> the most serious movie you've ever seen in your life. Like, it's like so dark. Yeah, and like then it ends <laughs> with the whole cast is dancing. Dude, it's you know? like a rape like revenge credits, film. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the credits roll and it's like. Kill there was those a movie guys. that did do that. There's a. There's a. Uh, Oh, there's a movie, there's a, oh, I fucking can't remember, there's, there's something that did that, but, yeah, but, I mean, uh, Wes well, Anderson, man. yeah, yeah, Wes Anderson, dude, yeah, I guess the, we got a little <laughs> sidetracked at the end there about dancing, well, yeah. it, was, it was relevant, but that was, that was really great, that was really interesting yeah, to sort of think about his filmography that way, uh, yeah, I really man. think that after we've watched these movies again over like the next couple of years, we might want to consider redoing it. Yeah, um, and we should definitely. The, every time a new Wes Anderson movie comes out, we'll like re them. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because <laughs> I could see it being different every time. That's, absolutely. Um, but the next, I would love, I love doing these filmmaker uh, rankings. I agree. Um, I definitely want to do one for PTA just because mm-hmm. I would love to. You know, from a lot like a hardcore fan, I would love to see you know your opinions about. I would love to do that. Movies, anything, anything. Um, that I mean, Spielberg is always fun. Spielberg is you're not gonna be like, all right, his eighties movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like way too many movies. Um, do you know who yeah, would be? Uh, do you know who would be a really weird one, but would be really cool hmm. to do? Would be Paul Verhoeven's. Movies. Oh, that's like um, who made Robocop. Like, uh, Robocop. Yeah, Total Recall. I need to rewatch Robocop. I'm not a huge Robocop guy. Okay, I would love to, to talk. We should talk. Maybe we'll just talk I like about Total one. Recall a lot. We should talk about Paul Verhoeven because the more I've watched his films, I think this guy is a genius. I genuinely think he's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I really want to. Dude. Colo- one of, I mean, one of the worst movies I've created, but yeah. um, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, it's so fucking funny. Paul Verhoeven, didn't he make, like, what was the other notable thing he made? He made Total Recall. He made Starship Trooper, which is another oh, movie. Oh, that's a great movie. I, I love Trooper that movie. Fun. Super fun. Oh, um, I filmography. The big ones, the big ones are Robocop and Total Recall. Yeah, okay. Those, those are his real big ones. Um, yeah, I mean, there's tons of different color. I mean... Who else would do Rafael? That would be wild. Uh, that would be wild. We all know who the bottom one. Only God forgives is a b- bottom. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, I am. Or what's the you want to fight? Wanna fight? <laughs> um, yeah. There's good, tons of different goalkeepers that we could do. Um, yeah, there's a lot of. Them. And, we could do Scorsese, dude. Scorsese. I mean, I would love to do that. I mean, I've seen a lot of his movies, but he, again, he has so many. Yeah. There's so that I haven't seen, but yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I would love to do that, because I think he's, I mean, he's hard for feeling. I think there's way more. There's, with him, there's so much to talk about to me. Like, the, 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 he has films that, like, people don't even know about, man, that are, that are incredible. Like, the King of Comedy is, like, one of my favorite movies, period. And people have not even seen that. I think what's crazy about Scorsese is that his really iconic movies like Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, Casino, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, like these very iconic movies that are all phenomenal, like overshadow ones that I think that are like 
beyond brilliant. You know, like yeah. After Hours or King of Comedy or there's a there's a weird movie he did called um, The Age of Innocence. That's like mm-hmm. this period, the only period drama I've ever liked. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he has his filmography is incredible. The Last Temptation of Christ, which is a yeah, Jesus right. movie yeah. that's fucking yeah. unbelievably good where Willem Dafoe plays Jesus so you know it's good <laughs> um, yeah he's he's fascinating to me like I could I could talk about him forever um Coen Brothers that's another one oh that that's a great one do. that one's more realistic I feel like they yeah. have they don't have those better movies I feel like that one might actually be, the next, might be the next one that sounds yeah. that feels right to do that yeah all right this was fun Wes Anderson uh, ranked. We love this man. Wes Anderson, he's a great guy. Come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, come talk to we'll us, interview. Wes. We'll interview you. That interview would be horrible, uh, horrible because we would just be so like <laughs> starstruck and nervous the whole time. It's like I, I, I adore you. Uh, I would have to prepare for like months. I know, I know. <laughs> Can you imagine? Hey guys, this is Wes Anderson here. I really like your podcast, Thick and Butter. <laughs> I appreciate you ranking all we my films like a, very we get well. Like a, we get like an email. <laughs> oh Wes God. Anderson wants to talk to you. Paintbrush <laughs> films. <laughs> Indian paintbrush. <laughs> all right, guys. This is a fucking great episode. Thank you guys for listening. Thank Watch you. all these movies. If you don't, stop listening. Yeah, get out of uh, here. Recording stopped. Boop, boop, boop.